American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. So what are the political consequences of, of stagflation? Well, they're very important because, as I mentioned, the 1970s become the decade that sets the paradigm. It says what the problems are and what the answers are. Now, because the Keynesian consensus, uh, because that Keynesian recipe had failed to deal adequately with inflation uh, and high interest rates, with inflation uh, and recession at the same time, the way is opened uh, for those who want to argue that what we need is a more laissez-faire government, uh, which cuts taxes, eliminates regulation, uh, and lowers social spending, the way is open for them to make that argument and to get a ready reception among a much broader audience than they would have been able to get in the 1950s and 1960s when people still believed in a different paradigm, different set of problems, different set of answers. And along with that new recipe come other things as well, uh, other things which also help to answer some of the, uh, the problems that have been troubling many Americans since the 1960s. The problem, uh, for instance, of why their society seemed to be changing so much, why their culture seemed so disrupted, why violence seemed to be on the increase. And there are many causes for all of these problems, uh, and some of them uh, were overreported to such an extent by the media uh, that Americans really didn't have a clear picture of what was actually happening. But for those who are offering the new laissez-faire paradigm, there was often a kind of uh, extra bonus uh, in suggesting that uh, what was the, seen as a sort of profligacy of deficit spending was somehow responsible uh, for these other kinds of what they saw as profligacy, these other kinds of social and cultural breakdown for unwed mothers and uh, single-parent homes, for all of these kinds of social ills that was suggested a shift to a new philosophy of how you direct capitalism from the top was the answer. Those political consequences had all kinds of other consequences as well, consequences that played out in the social and economic life of millions of ordinary Americans. The declining protection for individual workers, for the labor movement, uh, and uh, in particular, the rollback of regulations on the financial sector in the United States would help to drive a tremendous shift in the American economy. And there are all kinds of ways in which this played out, the deindustrialization of large sectors of the American Northeast and Midwest, in particular, the offshoring of new, numerous industries, the rise uh, in competing products, uh, which wipes out still other industries. But maybe the single biggest thing, maybe the single biggest transformation is the increasingly powerful role of the financial sector, of Wall Street and other markets other associated uh, exchange uh, and, and stock exchange and bond markets in the U.S. economy itself. And we can look at uh, that shift in a couple of different ways. We can look at the rise in the percentage uh, of the American GDP uh, that is accounted for by the financial sector, and we've got great graphs of that. Or we could also look at the rise uh, in the income of those who disproportionately benefit from the financialization of American society. And this is in particular the top 1% of all income earners. Now what we see is that over the years since the start of the New Deal, the percentage of all American income that they had earned in a given year had been in decline. But starting around 19, 
75 or so, and especially taking off after 1980, that percentage begins to accelerate. It accelerates from less than 10% to well over 20%. Slows down in the 1990s, takes off again in the 2000s until it nearly hits 30%. That transformation is a tremendous shift in income and ultimately in wealth, away from the lower 90% in particular of American income earners. That, in turn, will have all kinds of effects in the lives of that 90%. And many of these effects are very destabilizing. Many of these effects are what are, are going to, in fact, push them uh, into credit markets, into borrowing increasing amounts of money to sustain a lifestyle uh, that is even like that, uh, not even increased from that in the 1970s, but is even on par with that. And in particular, we're going to see that some of those choices that they make aren't even what we would call lifestyle choices. Those are simply uh, what have to be defined, I think, as necessities. Medical care, which gets increasingly costy, costly and for which people increasingly borrow money, and education for their children, especially higher education, which becomes more and more expensive relative to their incomes. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Mm-hmm.